So I was I was telling you just before that I like I get to mark. Are you recording yet? Uh huh. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we get to we get to mark like the stuff that our students write, and sometimes we have these students who are trying to express really deep thoughts, but like in this kind of weird broken English kind of a way, and sometimes it's just so amazingly poetic the things that they come up with. And like the girl that was sitting next to me before teaches teenagers and she got them to write a little bit about like, um, I don't know if it was school in their country or parents in their country, but like one of them was writing about relationships and the danger of falling in love as a teenager and about like parents and children and things. And I took a photo of it because some of the images were just so beautiful. I'm just trying to trying to find it. I have a folder on my phone now full of like quotes and interesting things. Uh, yeah. Um, firstly, kids' parents are really important. Parents are kids' guides. They can chat with their kids and find a way to help kids solve their problems. The parents shouldn't be worried. You can talk a lot with your child. Let's let them know what you think. Secondly, parents must change their thinking. Don't criticize your child. If you straightforwardly criticize your child, your child will only be hurt and will leave a shadow on the road in the future. Instead of a variety of criticism, try to let them make their own ideas to improve. Parents are a child's backing. It's just like, it's so beautiful. Like, the criticism leaves a shadow on the road in the future. Like, we were just, me and my colleague were just like, whoa, that, that's an actual image. That should be a thing. And then um, next, the, they write about love. Finally, love can perhaps let a person to mature early. Of course, this is not a certainty. Also, Love is generally not have a happy ending. If a person is too deep in love, they cannot disengage themselves. It may be difficult to disengage themselves. Wow. I feel like we have to say a bit about what we've even been doing lately because it's been so long. It's been like three months or something. Mm. Insane. Like, yeah. Well, we're yeah, both now different much, people, yeah. right? We're now completely different Do people. You... <laughs> Three months is enough. <laughs> like, that was the thing that I was writing about that I sent you last time. It's just like, I feel like every six months I reevaluate the person that I'm trying to be and end up, like, telling myself that I'm trying to be a completely new person then. And, like, it's probably not even recognisable from the outside, but for me internally, I feel like six months ago I was just like fundamentally different had different goals in life and values and like different projects and I get so exhausting after a while and like what I was thinking about is how I think I use that as a way to forgive myself because then it's like any mistakes that I did in the past they were made by the old me before I learned and before I changed all of these things and I realized like how much of this like changing is me just kind of running for th from things that I was disappointed by yeah that was a thought that was, there were some like hefty Monday morning thoughts that I wrote down it's kind of like um, what Ellen Watts says about how you don't have any obligation to be anyone 
you don't have any obligation to be the person you were yeah. five minutes ago. Yeah. Except five minutes ago, I was someone who would quote Alan Watts, and I'm still that person, so I don't think that part of me is going to change in for a long time. The part of me that, that, that likes what Alan Watts has to say. I don't think that guy's going away, but hmm. I just, I live in a, I feel like I live in a state of reevaluating my aspirations mm. and sort of a haze of now I want to be this, now I want to be that, and all it generalizes to be is what someone might see from the outside as like a small change mm. or like a haircut or I shave my beard or it's it's so invisible mm. to everything else and it just sort of hones in on the fact that the only reality is ours, I think, in a regard. You know, like all that, all that is, like I was sort of in my when I was going to sleep last night, I was using it as sort of a metaphor um, for trying to be present, which is I imagine the rest of the world being stone in the dust in the dark, and everything else is like off the stage, and the spotlight's on me, and I'm the only thing that's animated and has color, and only everything around me that I see are the only is the only bit of the world with color. Everything else is grey. So, like, at Burning Man in America, they may think they, was, they were having, like, a fantastic time um, exploring themselves outwardly and inwardly and and making connections and having their mind twisted and just having fun. But really, they were all just grey stone covered with dust in the darkness because the real party was right here. <laughs> That's what I'm. That's what yeah. I tell myself when I hear about Burning Man. <laughs> yeah. 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 How would you know? You know, that's the whole like Truman Show question. Is like maybe that is true. We haven't seen anything to contradict the idea that ours is the only true reality. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, it's sophism, right? Oh, it's sophism. Sophism. The idea that only what you yeah. perceive. Yeah, it's sort of. I think that relates to it. It's like just the old Greek philosophy that the only reality mm. is yours and that's the only thing you should take into account or enjoy or something. I don't know. Oh, you know, it goes all the way up to brain and a vat. So it's like all that is real is what you're, what you're sensing and just because you're sensing it doesn't make it real. So really the only thing that's real is your mm. sensory input. So you could just be a brain in a vat getting all the sensory input and that's the only thing that you can believe in everything else is just mm. conjecture mm. hey have we ever talked about the mm. matrix like would you would you be in the matrix or would you be outside of it have i ever asked no you? i mean maybe uh, probably but i can't remember so tell me what do you mean okay. would i who yeah who, what matrix? No, like the matrix like what do you mean movie. like i feel like this this is a really obvious question oh, yeah. that probably everyone who's seen the movie has asked themselves and wasn't that a mind-blowing movie at the time like it's kind of, it's so similar to the Truman Show. Was it? I don't know. Do you remember getting your mind blown by it? Do you remember your, getting your mind blown yeah. by it? Did you see it? Yeah. When it came out? Yeah, I feel like mm. similar to the mm. Truman Show, it makes you kind of look at the things around you and question if they could potentially not be real. And I think that was the first time mm. that I'd encountered that thought in those two movies. So, yeah, yeah, mm. I do see that as a thing. <laughs> and so it's like, 
you know the the whole question of like the red pill or the blue pill like do you live inside the system even though you know that it's not real but it kind of it's a comfortable life and it's good enough or do you decide no like i want to experience what is real even though it's not as comfortable or pleasant i just like i value the reality of things and i don't want to be lying to myself do you know what i mean i feel like that's would you rather be right or happy yeah and i feel like that question kind of it's it's true for so many things in life i guess the thing i was thinking about recently was you know the movie her when he's in love with an operating system who Mm. seems quite human and then the question is like at some point when we manage to program well enough like i think it'll take a lot longer than people currently imagine but like at some point if we ever did get something that felt like artificial intelligence you could basically program let's say a counselor program that would just listen to people listen to their ideas give them like good feedback in the way that people aren't really prepared to truly listen to each other and you know if you could have that would you rather have that or a true person who really cares about you but is flawed and is on some level just trying to live their own life and get by and doesn't care about you so much as you probably imagine it's like to me that's the same question of like do you go with the thing that is fake but very very comfortable and tailored to you or do you go for like the reality because reality is Mm. better tell me your thoughts Hmm. Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I like how, firstly, I like how her has Ellen Watts as the voice in one, oh, as one really? of the AIs. Oh. Shout outs to, yeah, yeah, he's the, um, he's the guy who, who she's, who the AI woman is having like an affair, not really an affair, but like huh. getting with with another AI and like the main character is like who is this guy and he's like and then he's like well we are transcending reality says Alan Watts and you know the AI and then they like go off into Mm. the singularity or whatever but they like poached different words from his um lectures and put them together and it sounds pretty good anyway cool trivia dude yeah um the other thought (laughs) yeah (laughs) trivia tomb um Imagine if my gimmick was trivia, Tim, and in real life, all I did was give trivia, and it was really inconvenient because you could never have a normal conversation with me. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> no, <please> so, no. <laughs> anyway, let's go from there. <laughs> it's like, it's just too much trivia, bro. Um, I think that I would prefer... Here's the thing, is that I think we're already using the internet as as a substitute for so much already that to say that we'd have an AI or a device one day that listens to us and fulfills that need in us for mm. social company, I think that's not much of a jump as much as we as much as we mm. think it might be. It's it's actually like very, very close and it will slide into it without even realizing. I think we're already sliding into it. Imagine this, okay? Imagine if all social media correspondence you have and chats online through Facebook Messenger, uh, you know, people who like your status, um, 
uh, emails, everything through the computer, through the internet. Imagine if all correspondence with other people was actually generated by an artificial intelligence, like it was all computer generated, but it used the names and the ways of talking as your friends, okay? Like, you can conceive of that idea, right? Like, that's a conceivable idea, is would you say, it, so Katie? is it that, like, I write a genuine email, but then the reply is by a computer? Or how does it work? Yeah? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like everything you do, like, if you're chatting on a group chat oh. on Facebook Messenger, um, all the all the messages are done by computers, but they're, they're using the names of your hmm. friends, and it's, and it's indistinguishable. Like, it's the same banter. You can imagine mm -hmm. that as an idea, yeah. right? Okay, now imagine, okay, now take that idea, now imagine if that's already happened, imagine if you mm. found out, Katie, that for the last year of your life, all of, all social media correspondence and online correspondence has been generated by a computer, and you didn't know the difference. Would you say that your feelings, like your, your reactions to those conversations and how those conversations made you feel was, uh, retrospectively, like, worthless mm. or fake or, or or didn't have an effect on you no you would say you'd probably say you know what that sucks and that's really weird i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> like there's so many questions to ask but you 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 but you wouldn't say that those like interactions you had at the time didn't feel genuine or didn't like feel like you were having some company or some social you know some socializing in some weird form or whatever you yeah. know what i'm gonna say that's a yeah so in that sense so in that sense theoretically like it's very improbable but say there's a very small zero 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 one percent chance that's already happened mm -hmm. to you katie um i think i think if, if, if it's conceivable that it's already happened even though very 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 highly unlikely um i think that sort of answers the question i think you're already doing it you're already corresponding with the ai, AI because it's indistinguishable. There's no question that it will one day be indistinguishable, and you are getting some sort of, like, you are having some sort of emotional or like brain reaction mm. to social media correspondence to Facebook yeah. messages, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you think, like, I think that I would be okay with it, but I think that's because I've, yeah. Yeah, I would be okay, okay. with it. I. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like we have this. Yeah. I think, know. I just think, in a weird, in like a, if I want to get real, um, clinical about it, it's we're already doing it. I think there's not much difference between an AI talking to us online, or in person, and people do, people doing it. I think humans are just biological machines, and machines are just mechanical mm -hmm. humans, and it's only a question of. Like already, like I think, I don't think there's much difference between us and computers mm. already, really. And I just think it's a, it's just a degree of complexity, and eventually computers will be this complex, or humans will be dumbed <laughs> down and be less complex. But when it comes to when it's just if it's just a matter of complexity, then you know it's all one. You know, like it's just us interfacing mm. with the universe. Yeah. Wow. I think I I think I do agree with you. Um, I think though there's kind of the element of what we're told about ourselves and I think uh, like if you compare what you're told about yourself say if you belong to a religion versus what you're told in our kind of secular society where 
a lot of the metaphors that we use to describe our own minds are like computer metaphors or economic metaphors about like costs and benefits like we're kind of taught to analyze our minds in this clinical way and I don't necessarily think that it's as true as our society thinks of it as I, I, I don't know I think maybe but then I'm also torn because in some level I do think that if you understood enough things about a person's life you would see that nothing was random like that's one of my beliefs is that like everything that we choose we do for a reason even if it's some kind of really really weird thing like if I think of a random color at the moment there's going to be a reason why I thought of that color but yeah I don't know I'm also I try and be wary of thinking of us as too mechanical because I know that that is very much the lens that our society is seeing us through Ah, that didn't make any sense even to me. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I, um, uh, I was reading an article about being in your early thirties, and oh no, it wasn't reading. Oh yeah, it was an article. It was an article on a really good song called "All My Friends" by LCD Sound System. Are you familiar with the band or the song? No. All my friends not by really. LCD Sound System. Okay, it's a really, really good song, and it's all—it's got a it's sort of like a nostalgic, upbeat, tempo, um, electronic, post-punk, dancey song. And the guy's in his like early forties, and he's singing. The whole sentiment of the song is like we used to party in our twenties, but now we're older, and it Aww. sucks basically. And like we're—I'm like real nostalgic, and he's just like, "Where are my friends tonight? Like, what happened?" Mm. Um, and it's such a good song, honestly. It's such a good song. Anyway, I was reading an article which was sort of going into the lyrics of it and it was saying how, you know, you party through your 20s and then you hit your early 30s and you're like, oh, what is life? Let's get sensible. And then you stop, like, partying so much. And I'm just thinking that's, that narrative is not working in my life at all. <laughs> like, if I chart the years where I, like, party and, like, feel like a young person and then the years that I feel like I'm over the hill and I just want to just be very quiet and put on my eye mask mm. and go to sleep. It's all over the show. I like party really hard when I was 20 for the first time. The first time I ever got drunk was oh, around really? that time. I never partied. As, I never went to a party as a teenager. And then, and then it dropped off suddenly at 21. And then it stayed down and it's, it's stayed down since. <laughs> and like... I'm 27, and I've got three more years left, like, three years under, left for my 20s. Do I have to, like, I'm, I I feel like I've still got a bit of party left in me, or, like, a bit of, like, let's be young, still inside me. But I just, like, I haven't, ah, oh, I need to get on it, don't I? I need to get more responsible, more responsible about my responsibility, because I have three years to fit this all in, and I haven't even been to Burning Man yet, so... Yeah, that's sort of my gripe yeah. right now. Haven't mm. been young enough. Life is scary, yeah. You have to do all of these things. Ah, time, there's so many things to do. And it's like, oh shit, I haven't done those things. And I totally, there's probably things that I haven't even realized that I should be doing. And I'm going to regret them later. Uh, yeah, but, I mean. Yeah, I just. It's, it's not long enough. That I just. The whole idea that so you party in your 20s and then you get serious in your 30s. Like that. That kind of just sounds like following what people are telling you that you should be doing rather than actually what you feel like doing yeah 
I, I think yeah, what you're doing so. sounds great. And I think the it's whole, like party for a bit and then not party and then maybe get bored of wearing your eye mask and <sighs> going out and partying again. Like that's how it should be. Things come in waves. Uh, I think waves are good. I think also, I, I, I. I, I view maturity really weirdly. Like I, I've got, I think I've got a more horizontal view of it, which is to say I don't see it as such a linear progression. I want to be acting very irresponsibly in the future. I plan on it. I bank on it. Um, but I don't, I don't think that precludes any gains I've made in the area of maturity or responsibility mm. so far. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that part of maturity is knowing when to act like a child. It's not about always acting like a grown-up. Yes. I love it. I'm going to write <laughs> that down. For the day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a figure of, um, uh, I think you're doing it wrong. I, don't think, I think it's very hard to do it wrong in life, but I think you're definitely doing it wrong if you're acting too mature than the situation allows. I think you should be getting away with as mm. much immaturity yeah. as you can in any given... If there's a bouncy castle, I will be on it at some point. Like, it's a fact. I'll take off my shoes, I will be on the bouncy castle, and I hope I'll always be on the bouncy castle just yes. a little bit. Yeah. You know? Just like a bounce... Give, give me a bounce, yeah. Until I get a headache and I'm like, oh, I'm too old for this. <laughs> you go home and drink a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think I think it's good. Like, there's there's definitely an element of knowing when to stop everything, like when to stop being really mature about everything and making the right decisions and just like being wild every once in a while and then feeling when that is too much and when you just want to go home and relax like i think all of those things are really important hmm. i think the most the most beautiful biggest gestures in life come from the most irresponsible notions you know like i'm going to climb a mountain in yugoslavia and then you do it and then it's like the most magnificent achievement mm-hmm. of your life but it came from a really irresponsible 380 in bar conversation or something yeah. you know, like, I think you need those sparks of um of, of sort of just subconscious not thinking just like I'm gonna do this thing and then to actually do it that's where beauty of like action comes yeah. from whatever yeah I think there's a part of me that feels more alive when I'm doing that when I'm like not following whatever plan I've made but when I'm just like randomly doing something without that much thought I think that's kind of yeah. that's what makes me feel like it's like actually my life that I'm living and not some weird thing that I've planned for myself. Mm. Yeah, and it's sort of it's 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 looking somewhere else. It's looking at the valley over and saying, "I want to go there. I don't know how to get there, and it's probably going to be a bit scary, but like I want to go there." And it's a really, I think it's taking like making a decision before taking the factors into her, her account uh, is sort of a definition of irresponsibility but i think there's a lot of value in that irresponsibility because there's always a, you know blah 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 there's always a hundred reasons not to do things etc etc like, i think you will you'll always to be to live the most mature life seems to be stuck like stuck in a room not doing anything i think all action by its very like deviation is Im- immature like irresponsible it's irresponsible to do anything i think (laughs) 
You know, like what does it even mean? Like responsible. The most most responsible thing to do is to stay inside all the time and just be safe and never do anything and never have an opinion and never have a thought and just like live the most prescribed, safe, buttoned down, in a hatch, underground life. And that's 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 just uh, really not mm. fun, is yeah. it? Doesn't sound. Well, it could be fun. You could have some good board games, but you know, yeah. I don't know. <sighs> Have you been like? Have you done any irresponsible things lately that you wanted to talk about? Or are you? Yeah. Um, oh, that's a very good question, and I want to ask the same. Yeah, you I'm trying to this. think. Irresponsible things that I have done. Irresponsible things that I've done. Lately. My mind is going blank, like it normally oh, does. Oh gosh, this is like feet to the fire, isn't eh? it? Yeah, we are the most responsible, <laughs> boring people no, ever. No, no, it's I think. just difficult to um, think of things when you're like, oh, I have to think of like one example of this. Like, it's really hard to find examples when you're looking. But um, oh, I could talk about the thing that you sent me, that new project. Yeah. Um, which one? <laughs> I always send you things. Um, the one that you sent me. Which yesterday? crazy idea was it this time? <laughs> With the playing cards and wandering around. Was it the a web comic? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're the only person I've given that to ah. as well. So that's all for you, Katie. And you better listen to it all and uh, appreciate it because if you don't, you ain't. I any listened friend of mine. to episode one <laughs> last night, and it was so great. Nice. It was like you in this kind of like person capsule, and <laughs> so much like essence of Tim Daniels. <laughs> Yeah, it was <laughs> it was weird. It was really good actually. It's a really healthy mm. thing. Like I basically wandered around the city for an afternoon, and talked to my recording device, and just did some weird things. And like I really enjoyed it. Like as as an action, like even if it wasn't to be heard, the action of what I did I think was a really healthy exercise, like mental and physical exercise. Mm decompression yeah mm. and it was also really pointless like what i liked about what i did was it was so um it didn't fit any proper narrative of how to live your life or how to like advance your life it was just like silly like it was the essence of it was like wasting an afternoon in a sense you know like it, it didn't make mm. sense it doesn't make sense and i <laughs> like that about it yeah like do you have an idea of like what that gave you was it mainly just so that you could rebel against the sense that you should be being productive yeah i mean sort of i think it was on an afternoon so basically just what i did just to could you explain what i did like yeah. what did you, how did you yeah, see so, it i'm just wondering so, yeah um, you you wrote down 52 little challenges for yourself that you would do in public but without actually annoying other people to like do it in the city in Wellington and kind of be moving around and then you would narrate it while you were doing them and then you picked a playing card at random and then that was linked to one of the challenges that you'd previous previously written in this kind of like stream of consciousness way that you'd even forgotten by the time you got around to, to doing the challenges and yeah. Is that enough? Yep, that's it. That's all I did. And I spent the afternoon doing it, going through these different challenges. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it was it was really silly, but it was really fun. Like, it was so fun. And what I enjoyed is that I had generated my own fun 
by myself through mm. myself like I didn't need any media I didn't need I listen to a podcast or listen to music or watch a movie or interact with any other human mm. being like it was purely self-generated fun and I and I think that's it was just sort of an experiment for myself to see if I could entertain myself for an mm. afternoon with a pack of cards okay. and a piece of paper and a pen and I think I achieved what I set out yeah, to do yeah, I respect that um, that's cool yeah, it's good to know I can just rely on myself. If, <laughs> if, if the apocalypse happens and I'm a wandering rogue, I can have I can be like a silly one having fun <laughs> by myself doing weird things. <laughs> yeah, fun is an eight. Eh? Yeah, I was just imagining if there was like fun if is there an, was an apocalypse and some like yeah. film crew making a documentary and then it's like Tim Daniels off to the side, just like he's like holding five balloons and staring at them with narrating it to himself it's like yeah it's Tim he hasn't been very helpful recently but he's, he's doing his own thing <laughs> <laughs> yes I love that I love that it's, it's it's full of autonomy you know like just having that self-sufficient lone wolf way of being able to enjoy the world I think it's it's the most powerful thing it's saying to generalized culture I don't need you you know like I can I can <laughs> I can I can find it here like it's within like mm. I think it's a skill that humans have lost to make our own fun because it's all all the toys are given to us you know yeah. so I um I enjoyed that I did that it was also an experiment to see if I could just have like do my own recording in different episodes and see how far I can take it but um I think I there's four episodes each one's at least half an hour and I'm quite happy with that and it it kind of takes some bizarre turns that I'm quite excited about oh, so neat. um <laughs> yeah like it's it gets it gets quite good actually oh, nice. I think and I did a lot of editing on okay. it too awesome. yeah it's quite a fun thing what I really liked about it I know the thing that that made me realize that I could really hear you and your personality in it was like the first one was kind of a mistake like the first card that you choose that you picked was not the one that you would have chosen and it kind of mucked up your plans but then you were like not like I'm committed yeah, and I'm doing yeah. it anyway like when I when I heard you read out the first challenge I was like oh yeah no he's gonna put that back in the deck and choose a different one because like that's not the right one to start it with I agree but then, like, you went through with no, it, it and then while you were doing it, you kind of had one of those really, really Tim-style what-am-I-doing-with-my-life moments, and I love how, like, just how honest that was. <laughs> You're like, I don't even know if this is a good idea. Oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> it was great. I love the yeah. way all of that was, like, built in. It was just, like, your thoughts unfiltered. And I really, I respect how yeah. you're able to do that. Okay, thanks. It was quite, it felt a little vulnerable, you know, like it felt a little ridiculous, like very mockable, but I'm kind of happy I went there. And um, I think as, because it took, like I was there all afternoon, like I spent about four hours wandering around talking to myself. And so by the end of it, I, I get a little silly, I get a little, like I start just to do, uh, I just, it just took me to some really new places and I, and thankful for that and um a friend asked me when I finished when I got home what I've been doing like what was I just like how was my day what was I up mm. to on the, over Facebook messenger 
And then I tell them, honestly, I was like, I just spent the last two hours looking for a snail. You know? <laughs> like, that's my... <laughs> like, that's what I've, I have been doing with my life. Like, that's what my last bit of the afternoon was. And and they're like, okay, all right. <laughs> um, it's like, well, you asked. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think, I mean... The idea is that I've got these like missions to do and they generate discussion and they generate a bit of an adventure, but um, especially with the precept that I have to do them no matter how ridiculous they are. But it's a little tricky when I'm like, I think it would be cool if I had friends generate the missions or I didn't know about them beforehand because I think that would make it a lot more fun. So I think for my second season, I will get like friends to just send me a bunch of missions and then I will work off them. Yeah, so anyway, thanks for listening to that. I really appreciate that. Um, I might release it more to the general public at some point, but I think it was just for you, <laughs> that one. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. I really... Yeah, yeah. I really like the idea of just, like, wandering around. And I guess maybe it's just something that I've done for so many years that I feel like it's part of me, just, like, wandering around, talking to myself and thinking, and I like the idea of recording that. Like that that's what I liked about the first episode that I listened to. I think we should mm. find other yeah, ways I think... of doing that. Uh, yeah. So like what I've been doing like all weekend is kinda going mm. to because I moved back with my parents and there's quite a lot of like little tracks and quiet beaches oh, what? around. And yeah, I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> and so I've been just like okay. going to <laughs> quiet beaches and then like practicing reading some of my poems aloud and recording them and like recording like uh. commentaries on my thoughts or like the things that inspired the poems and stuff and I was listening to them it's kind of nice because wow. you can like you can hear the waves in the background and the birds like it's kind of it's friendly mm. <laughs> but yeah that's that's been me mm. this weekend and the party that I irresponsibly um, went do to. you yeah, my God, Katie, get it together. Um, <laughs> do do you find um, when you're in nature? I mean, I'm guessing you're alone, right? Like you're walking around or you're sitting down by yourself. Yeah. So it's just you and nature. Yeah. Do you find that's where you're at your best? Um. Yeah, I think it's definitely soothing to be in nature, and it's kind of. Mm. I think there's something really special that happens when you're moving and when you're alone that it's very conducive to to thoughts and new thoughts and kind of thinking through familiar things and then arriving at new conclusions um i've always found that really helpful and then yeah i know when i uh, it's kind of connected to the way that i think because i think i i think in this really abstract way that i think nature kind of helps me to to see things like you know how pretty much like every every understanding I've ever come to had something to do with trees and I think that's because there are similarities between the way that you know a tree will grow in all of these different directions and the way that thoughts can move in different directions or just like I see a lot of similarities between the abstract interactions and ideas that I spend a lot of my time thinking about and the way that nature moves and so it, it helps me to understand things. Uh, I'm exactly the same. Like I think. Yeah. 
Oh, cool. There's something about yeah, yeah. There's something, but also there's something about nature that when I'm like sitting in nature or wandering around nature, I'm like, oh my goodness, why am I not here all the time? Yeah. I feel so much better. You know, mm. I just feel so much better. Like this is, this is where I was meant to be. And mm, yeah. yesterday I spent the afternoon. I spent a couple hours in the afternoon after work, um, while it was still sunny, sitting in a sweet, a sweet spot I found. Like it's like a little grove halfway up um, Mount Victoria, which is kind of like the Mount Eden of Wellington, like the Mount Eden Hill. Oh, yeah. And it was like a little secret grove that overlooked the whole city. Oh, nice. And there were just like trees all around me and no one else all around me, just, just me by myself. And I could see, like, overlook the whole harbour and everything. It was, like, the most magnificent place to be. And I just watched birds. And um, I wish I could just be there. Like, I wish I could live there. Mm. <laughs> I wish, like, I could build a little hut and have my sleeping bag there. Because, my goodness, I think I am... I, I think we are doing ourselves a disservice by being in these building things. I don't know if they're such a good idea. <laughs> Oh my god, one of my pet fantasies is that if people lived in tree houses and then you'd like visit your friends in their trees. Have I ever told you about that? No. Yeah, that that's basically it. But yeah, um, I, I was reading this <laughs> book where there was this massive tree. It was kind of half fantasy and like the village kind of was in the tree. And I, ah, oh, it's just such a magical idea. I want that to be a thing. Mm. I think the best we can do is get really into Minecraft and build a bunch <laughs> of trees, tree houses in Minecraft, and then visit each other's. Like, that's as close as it gets. Oh, but we could also wear VR. If we wear VR mm. headsets, then it's like we're almost in Hell a tree yeah. world, but not quite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was I going to... Yeah, so I moved I moved back with my parents because some of our flatmates weren't paying rent and then we all got kicked out. Oh my goodness. No way. Yeah, Do you want to so call them out? Do you want to say their names? So gone. what are their names? The flatmates' names. Well, there was a girl... I yeah, like, do you want to call them out? We, we referred to her <laughs> as Stompy. <laughs> Ooh. Because she just kind of stomped around and talked really loudly. If I continue talking about her, it's going to turn into a bitchy session. But um, <laughs> she was just a very, very loud person who didn't quite realize how loud she was because she thought that she was normal, the same way that we all think we are normal. But she was particularly loud, and it turns out didn't pay any rent. <laughs> and but now I live with I don't, her. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's... I, I was thinking, like, my dad helped me move, which he does, like, every few months when I need to move again, which is really lovely of him. And I, I realised what kind of, like, a, a meditative, contemplative thing moving is, because it really makes you look at the objects that are in your life and kind of remember all of these things and also notice how freaking dusty everything has become over the past year and then you're like oh my life just like accumulates stuff and accumulates dust but like i i don't know i don't think of myself as that much of a material person but there are mm. some little things that i've just 
I've had for so long. Like, you know that hedgehog thing that's actually made out of a pine cone, but made to look like a hedgehog? Mm -hmm. He's, like, made out of leaves Mm -hmm. and straw bits. And, like, there's lots of things like that that are just, like, they're not even worth anything. And it's the kind of thing where I'd, like, think other people were insane for hanging on to because he's, like, super fragile and you have to be so careful. But, like, there's part of me that's, like, I've moved so much that I really value these little things where, like, I put it in a room and then it feels like my room. And you know what would be a really hardcore thing to do? Mm-hmm. A really ha- Can you hear me well, by the way? Can yeah. you hear me okay? Yeah, no, you're okay, fine. Okay, cool. A really, okay, a really hardcore thing to do would be to do what I did as a kid with marbles because I want, I was really good at marbles as a kid. That is, collecting them and amassing marbles and the Marvel games were played in year six. And I got so good at it that I wanted to start to, like, double one up the other kids. So what I what I did is that I would give away all my marbles, like all of them, and then start again from the beginning, and then and then, and then play marbles again, and then still have more than, and better marbles than the other kids after a few mm. weeks. Like, I would just reset just to show that I could. And it'd be, like, to myself, and it became, like, this weird like a superiority thing where it'd be like you guys are fighting so hard to get better marbles for me i can just give them all away and then i get them all back and then what what happened for me as a kid is that it had a cognitive shift where i'm like you know what marbles don't actually mean that much if i can just get them this easily and give them away this easily like mm-hmm. they don't mean so much and i think by feeling like they didn't mean so much i played better and i had more fun and i like yeah. was way and I would like hold on to them less and I'd do like higher state gambles and I would feel more courageous and I would do better at it and I think that like feeling like that loose touch on my positions made me uh, enjoy them more so what if we did this as adults we gave away everything we own like mm. everything and all our money and everything like everything until we're just naked and we don't have anything like we don't even have clothes so we just gave it all away and then we started again like what would what would that do for us would that be like a replenishing thing or would it just be like a really awkward time uh, i think would you do that <laughs> i think it it's super super interesting i think it would be somewhat like when you finish at a school like you finish at primary school and you start have to start all over again at like intermediate and then again at high school with like in my mm. case entirely new mm. people and I didn't really mm. stay in touch with many older friends and so mm-hmm. yeah it would be kind of similar to that but let's say like every five or every ten years of your life you just completely start from scratch I think it would be good I think you'd realize what's important and you would definitely really really value things like say in the last two years that you were going to have these things it would just make everything really (laughs) vivid because you knew that you were going to lose them and I think oh my goodness yes I would like that I think that's a good idea but yeah would you do it? yeah I wouldn't like it at (laughs) the time but I think Uh, I would hate it You'd hate it? Yeah. But I'd imagine, lose my yeah? stuff. But imagine once you've done that a few times, it would be like the marbles. You know, you would have, I think, after a few cycles, you'd have that realization that, like, mm. your life has value and your personality, say, has value. And then, like, the things in your life that you collect, 
you can lose and then collect other things that are worth just as much. It would just be such a bizarre new relationship with things. Like, it would really throw on its mm. end how we view everything. You know, like, oh, it would just be such a, like, a crazy-ass, like, life move to do. Oh, mm. man, I kind of, I kind of want to do this now. <laughs> like, I'm kind of happy. Like, well, I reckon we... now is the best time for me to do it because I don't own too much right now. After I moved, I gave a lot away. Like, I mm. really don't have much stuff. And the older I get, the harder it's going to be to do this. So maybe mm. I should just do it. Maybe I should just get rid of everything I own. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I don't think I will. But, you know, I really like entertaining this idea. Mm. Well, in some ways, that's what you did when you moved to Wellington. I think there's some element of that yeah. that you've already done for that reason, I imagine. Yeah, like most of my stuff I, I lost. Um in fact, mm. I had a friend come down, um, Kate came down to stay with me, and uh, she was like, where's all your stuff? <laughs> like, is this all you own? I'm like, yeah. I literally mm. own a bag of clothes and some books and some other mm. stuff. But yeah, like, I don't really <laughs> have anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. Got my laptop. How, how does how does that feel? It feels fine. Like, you just don't really miss, like, I just, I don't think we need anything. I don't think we yeah. need anything at all. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I kind of agree. I think that was just... one of the reasons why I went traveling, was to just experiment with how yeah. little I could get away with. Yeah. And you definitely value things more when you have less. Like, I have mm. a... Um, you know, like my pack of cards that I bought from that game. Like, this pack of cards means a lot to me. I used to have, like, 15 board games, you know? Like, I've given or sold most of them. I just have two board games left. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think also because a lot of my life is stuff. Stuff. I think one day I'll have stuff. One day I'll, like, really enjoy having a lot of stuff, perhaps. But... <sighs> And then I'll really enjoy it, you know? Like, I think when I, mm. in, like, five, ten years' time, if I ever buy a television, like, I can't believe it, but buying a television? Have you ever bought a television? No. <laughs> no, neither. I've never bought a television. <laughs> I'm 27. I've never bought a television in my life. I don't wonder if but I ever I, will. I probably won't, no, but I might. They're not going to be a thing in, 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 like, we'll have big computer screens, but, like, TV's not yeah. really going to be a thing. Yeah, I know, but people like to having like a, a screen in the living room so they can like throw stuff mm. up on from their laptop or on their communal viewing, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I've I guess never... the deal is you've never really had a, your own living room. Is that kind of more what you're thinking yeah. of? One day you'll have enough space Maybe. that you'll have your own like yeah. separate bedroom and like living space. Oh god, I don't know. You know what I'll probably do, Katie? I'll probably like sit in my living room, my new living room, and just say it's like just mine or mine and my partner's or whatever, and I'll just be like, what do I, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll spend like like so many days agonizing over whether I get a TV or not. You know, like all these decisions will be magnified because I've never made them before, and like, oh no, 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 no. You know, and they'll probably do something really weird. Like I'll buy a terrarium and I'll put the terrarium where the TV should be, and be like, we're just gonna watch the lizards. I'll figure it out. Oh. Like, we're going to watch the lizards. It's cheaper than <laughs> Sky. 
It's like all of your life is like now culminated in this moment. You worked so hard to yeah. have the space to put your TV in, and then you're like, nah, I'm gonna buy a terrarium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd just be like me, eh? To like subvert my own dream at the last second just to be bitter about it? I don't know. That's such a. Yeah, yeah. I think. I'm kind of similar, but maybe not on the level of you, but like I recognize this thought is like, like, yeah, when you kind of value being slightly reckless and you mistrust your own dreams and then like, yeah, yeah, really prone to sabotage things at the last minute, like you said. (laughs) It's like just the fact that you've worked for something for like 10 years makes you realize that maybe it's not worth it or like you know like actually achieving your dream yeah. is a terrifying thought because then you have to be happy and it's a lot of pressure so like i think we are so prone yeah. to being like nah i might just do this other thing <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, I mean, but you'd you're very here, welcome. You'd be like, I worked so hard, and now I have the lizards, and yeah. I'm happy. I'm, I think you, you'd be happy with yeah. yourself in that moment. <laughs> you know what? They'd probably be really good lizards. I'd be quite happy with the lizards. I'm sure I'd, I'd get some really good ones, and I'd be really mm. like happy to have people come around. Katie, mm. you'd be more than welcome to come around and just Hell watch yeah. the lizards with me. Oh, yeah. I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be so I intrigued. I seriously think, like, I've got the mind of, like, a stoner for the rest of my life. Like, I feel <laughs> like I would love just to watch lizards as an evening activity. Is that, like, is that weird? That's not weird. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting all subconscious. I think you should make it into a podcast where it's kind of like a soap opera about your lizard family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lizard cast and just kind of get really in-depth about them and... I think mm-hmm. people would enjoy that. I would enjoy it. I would listen to that. I'd work on that level. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Is part of that a rebellion against things always needing to have a meaning, though? No, but it does have meaning. I think what it is, it's a rebellion against inheriting meaning from cultural systems already in place, perhaps. Okay. Like, I won't, mm. I won't take meaning at package like fast food. Like, I would rather watch lizards and really enjoy their interactions rather than watch a soccer game or, like, a sports game when I'm older, you know? Like, I, I want mm. to... I feel like the most the most richest meaning we can get from life is it goes through the crucible of our own... Um, like, our own creativity like we like it's what we it's it's kind of like being a kid and looking out the back window looking out a window as you're being driven around and watching the fields go by and watching the fences go by and making up your own stories with them and like pretending you're a figure that jumps from fence to fence or whatever like mm. or watching clouds it's like that whole childlike imagination where we create the myth from within ourselves i think that's secretly i think that's honestly like organic like okay so there's this yeah. move towards there's this move in in certain circles towards like healthy living and you know what you put in your body and like organic is better than artificial but i think when it comes to culture we are very quick to just gobble up the artificial and we just forego the natural and you know like i think where our imagination or like what comes from within us is the most potent natural rich 
like substance that we can of culture that we can consume and yet we have and yet we haven't been trained to that we externalize it we like rent it out you know Mm. oh that's oh are you still there yeah you are Uh that's kind of that's interesting because yeah because i I normally we say that culture is something that is shared and then it's kind of like if you create your own little internal mythology i think that's a different thing to culture i think it's okay but Mm. i mean culture is something that human beings share right or just like yeah i suppose you're right actually i was probably misusing the word culture no, you really I mean, a good I'm, point. I'm not yeah. arguing with the thought. It's just, yeah, I never even kind of thought about culture being like an external mythology, but that we have this internal mythology as well. I guess I'm primarily talking about story as entertainment. So instead of sitting down and watching a movie on a DVD, mm. I sit down and watch my lizards. Now both are entertaining mm. me through a story, but one is generated for myself and what I, you know the lizards and one is generated all are like sort of prepackaged and given to me mm. and i think i feel the one that we generate ourselves like i imagine these two lizards having a little bit of a like a lover's tiff and then one walks into the corner mm. like <laughs> yeah. i feel like that is so much more powerful and potent and, and 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 um giving and special and blah 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 all these superlatives than the moving you know like mm. that yeah I might I might watch that those lovers have a tiff and one walks into a corner and then I might realize I'm like creating that story because it's relate it's relating to something in my life that I'm repressing mm. or whatever you know like I wouldn't yeah. get that through the movie so yeah I just think imagination is underused mm. no I definitely think so as well I think we should value imagination a lot more and I think it's often kind of seen as a bad thing because it's not very productive like we measure everything in terms of like how productive it is but you're right like from our imagination we can get so many insights about what's happening in our own lives yeah yeah i was gonna say ah uh, maybe i mean that the thing about culture being shared or like let's say how everyone's watching game of thrones or whatever like i think there's this idea that people will consume this culture that's popular at the moment because it connects them with other people but what you're talking about is like purely connecting you to your own life and your own mind Mm. and whatever Mm. and i i mean i think there's there's a value in that but it wouldn't necessarily appeal to other people because i think maybe you're going through a phase at the moment where you're being more independent than you have been in the past and yeah what would you say to that yeah i think so i just i just know i'll always be someone from birth to death who enjoys entertaining himself in his mind Mm. and like relating a a story of myself to myself in that way like i can Mm. watch the lizards forever and i always have watched the lizards and um i just it's like a habit of mine that I want more people to have because yeah it's so good (laughs) it's so good and it's free and you don't have to 
consume pop culture junk and like you know how there's this whole thing where we're like oh have you seen this tv show it's good oh no that one isn't so good oh that one's amazing you have to see this tv show you know how there's this sort of like this critical appraisal we do of like what we consume yes. i just think uh, yeah yeah so there's it we put everything on the scale and we were like if, if, it, if it's above the threshold or whatever like I'll, I'll take it like it's good for me but i just think we you you one benefit of having like a self narrative time or whatever it is watching the lizards we'll call it is that you never mm. ever have to worry about like the quality of it like you never have to like like be gone rotten tomatoes to find out how good the lizards will be tonight you know like it's all on you and it's exactly where you are and we want you want it to be like we don't have to like daydreaming is basically what i'm advocating like daydreaming Mm-hmm. The rotten tomatoes on daydreaming is a hundred percent all the time because it's exactly what what you want, you know. Like there's no, yeah. um, okay. there's no like there's no like depreciation or like corruption. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I could advocate daydreaming for ages. I think it's really helpful, and yeah, underrated definitely. You know what's really good? Um, yeah. I found on YouTube recently this channel because I was listening to a bunch of classical piano. I want to get into practicing classical piano, um, mm. but like learning it because I haven't. I'm not good at piano at all, but I want to get. I want to actually get good at it. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that I was mm. watching these um, like concertos and solo piano pieces. The YouTuber he did this visualization on the the the, the image of the YouTube video. So you'd hear the you'd hear like uh, Chopin or whatever his name is or you know. Sart or whoever, and you'd hear the beautiful piano, but then you'd see a visualization like these stepping stones or these rays of light of the different notes. And what that yeah. did is it mean so it was so cool. One, it's just like a really cool visualization just to visualize music in any way, but just to have like different like spikes of light appearing on the different dots. But two, it demonstrated how complicated, like how complex and beautiful and intricate mm. this music is and how like this patterns and these lines would merge and they'd like push away from each other and one would come back and one would like duck away from it and you could just see everything and I saw music mm. like I saw the piano classical music as something like really like this intense art piece whereas before I would just mm. hear good music um yeah, yeah <laughs> that's just that's a random thought I had yeah, yeah it's really cool so you know I think that's interesting because, like, yeah, yeah, yeah you go. No, I'm, I'm just rambling. You need to. You're just know, rambling. You okay, I'll, I'll ramble. I'll just be. I'll ramble Cause, forever, cause Katie. You... Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Listen, guy. <laughs> but um, you know how people have different learning styles, and most people are visual, and so like. Yeah. You're yeah. probably visual if you appreciate seeing music, but like that's maybe how someone would experience the music anyway if they were like an auditory learner mm. with like mm. all of those nuances and kind of understand it in this kind of spatial way except not spatial because it's through sound and yeah i really love the idea of transposing different senses onto each other like i don't know i think I would be useless at this, but if I ever tried to compose, I think I'd try and imagine something quite visual, like uh, a colour or just like anything, maybe like a piece of furniture, and then try and make a song or like make a composition that would like 
portray the essence of that thing. Like, I think that's the challenge that I would huh. set myself. So you mean, like, you look at a chair and then try to compose a song yeah. that was, like, the essence <laughs> of the chair? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Don't you just love that? Don't you just love how there's this inward essence of a chair, a certain chair, and yes. a certain type of music that we can be like, that's the same thing, and yet mm. they're, they're just different forms? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I guess it's only ever going to be my emotional response to whatever the chair mm. reminds me of, I guess, mm. in some level, eh? Mm. But even that's fascinating. Mm. I really enjoy the music. I think I've given it to you a few times. I always evangelize, evangelize, ties, even size, evangelize, This um, grouper, the musician yeah. who does ambient, uh, sort of sentimental, melancholic, sad, um, long pieces. Yeah. And I've been listening to her so much in the past two years, and especially recently, I listen to her every night. And mm. she's really, um, like, I'm starting to pick up, like, she's got a good amount of music, but I'm starting to pick up on certain albums of hers. She'll be like, I'll be feeling a certain way in response to her music. Like, she might be getting me feeling, making me feeling like a little nostalgic or whatever. And then she'll stop mm. a note, and it'll make me be like, oh that feeling of like, oh, I'm not nostalgic anymore, I'm coming back to the present. And then she'll do this other music, which makes that feeling of coming back to the present, like, um, like good. Like, it's like, it's okay to come back to the present. And then she'll do, she'll like drop a note, which is like, um, but just always remember, just always remember the nostalgic times. Just like a little tiny, short little note that like brings it like that calls back and it's such a subtle thing and it's like so in line with my mood and i'm like i swear to god I, am i like being a conspiracy theorist or paranoid i swear to god she's she she's doing this on purpose like she knows this music makes me nostalgic like would make the listeners this nostalgic like you know like i think i'm generating meaning myself but i'm pretty sure she's like embedded it like deep within the music like it's like blowing my mind like i'm like she's like feeling my brain and like like pulling it at different places and it's all done on purpose like Oh, it's amazing. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Do you think that, like, would that happen if you were hearing the song for the first time? Or is this happening because you've already heard it so many times that you kind of, it's, you're going mm. on a journey with it because you know it so well? Yeah, that's a good question. I think if I'm listening to it really closely and just, like, letting it wash over me, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, I'll feel it. But I don't think I've ever listened to it yeah. this closely. Like, I've been doing a thing recently yeah. where I, like, turn off my lights and as I'm going to sleep, I'm listening to an album. And it's, like, my full mm -hmm. attention's on that album. And I think I, I, I'm i always wary of how much I don't focus on the things around me. Like, I think we mm -hmm. can go through life just taking, like, 80% or something. Like, you might watch, this, like, you're watching Mr. Robot recently, right? Like, that TV show? Mm. Yeah. You might, can when you're watching that... Um, you might take in like 95% of it, but there's still 5% you're missing. Um, and that 5% might be, would like, might change the whole thing or like, you know, add another layer. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, some of the albums that I find really nice to listen to, there's like, Ah, I was listening to that Bonnie Rare song that you recommended, 33 God. Tw 22 and God? The thing 23 that I God? Yeah, yeah, really yeah. like about it is that it's, 
it's just so unlike other songs like it doesn't really have like verse chorus verse chorus and it seems to have all of these weird sounds and kind of just mm. different emotions that come in in moments when you're not expecting it but it is still definitely music it's not just like this weird cacophony but it times it kind of feels like that and I really appreciate songs that are like that because I feel like it's more authentic and then when you're listening to a whole album of that I think I kind of I forget that I'm listening to an album it just feels like I'm in someone's mind for an hour yeah yeah Uh, I was just gonna say authenticity is such a beautiful beautiful value to have in media like music hmm yeah and it, maybe group is the same i guess because they're not really typical songs are they they're more just like no feelings yeah they're just they're sort of like is it it's as if a musician this is what these songs remind me of is like that 23 god or whatever like is it, it's as if the musician mm-hmm. has just played a big concert they've played all their hits the crowds love it they go into the back room the green room behind and they pick up a guitar and they just start like improvising and playing a couple songs for themselves like watching the lizards you know like they're just in their own mind they're just sort of like self doing it they're just like this is just for me you know this is like what i just want to play right now for me um but we get to hear them you know we get to hear mm-hmm. that like real authentic not for the audience yeah hmm, yeah it's so special so yeah there are like probably that album and then a few others have given me that feeling as well particularly if i'm like half falling asleep then i just yeah i just feel like i'm inside someone else's mind which is fascinating there's like there's an album by Modi. i can't remember what it's called but it's a second album and that one like there's a few songs where he's thinking about his father or i think he thinks also about a friend who's died and like past relationships and feeling at home and just like all of these different things and it just feels like this really introspective album and it's not all quiet like there are some loud moments and some really beautiful moments and some not so beautiful moments like it's it's really it has a good emotional mix and yeah it also has this idea of like not songs that are arranged like standard songs it's just like whatever he felt like playing at the time and wow. then the other one is by a band called typhoon and they're just insane there's like 10 people in the band there's like a brass section and then it's sometimes sometimes they like do like other styles of music sometimes it's like vaguely electronic or something and like the lyrics are just so real like real in the way that normal song lyrics aren't or just like i feel like i can relate to them so much and there was one i was listening to yesterday when i was on my walk in the bush um what's it called i don't know maybe maybe i'll write it on the blog but um the album's called white lighter and it's the song is about um and just kind of thinking about his life and how just how how life can be really different to what you expect and you're always kind of waiting to be mature or grown up like we were talking about before and then kind of looking at your parents and thinking that you were going to grow up and be something like your parents or maybe thinking that you weren't going to become like your parents and how nothing is ever really quite the way that you expect and yeah it's just a really like 
thoughtful song. It, it doesn't really make any particular point. It's just someone thinking out loud about all of these things, and I love that. Is it by the same artist? Are you saying? It's by Typhoon. Oh, by Typhoon. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll check out the band. Typhoon. Yeah. I'll send it to you. And, okay, cool. And what was that other band you said? I thought you said something like Moby or Mo- that was Moby. Moddy. 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 This, this How do you spell that? From M O D D I. Okay. <laughs> I think he's really cool too. He plays the accordion, and yeah. Mm. Okay, I saw him I live. It was so lovely. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Nice. Um, I think music seems to go well mm. with nature, but sometimes I'll be walking up Mount Vic or something yeah. and listening to music and being like, no, no, I'm, 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 like, consuming the artificial rather than the natural, and I'll turn off my music and I'll just listen to the birds. And then I'm like, oh, but I really mm. want to hear this song, so I put it back on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think if I ever make music, I just want to record all of these random sounds like birds and cutlery drawers and weird things and then, like, kind of put it together and make something that's, like, not like a normal song, but also, like, everything, like, organic and stuff. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that. You should do it. Field (laughs) recordings. Um, I've done that a couple times with YouTube where I've found really obscure weird youtube videos and they've like warped their sound and audacity and like mixed them around and put them into these long mixes and um i used a few field recordings but you should totally do that you should get involved with what you just said and you should just do it anyway (laughs) no matter the quality of it because i would listen to it and i think i think it would be awesome Cool. Yeah, I, I actually took the first step. I bought a new laptop because, you know, my other one used to, like, I don't know, freeze every five minutes or whatever. So I bought a laptop and now sometime before Christmas or at least, yeah, if not for Christmas, then I will buy a microphone and attempt to be Florence in the Machine in my bedroom. We'll see. It's nice. like It's something I've wanted to do for, like, ten years and it, it's got to the point where I'm scared because like in my mind I have this like I can imagine how cool it would be and I know that the reality will not be that cool and I know it's so <laughs> important to me that I'm not quite ready for that disappointment yeah <laughs> it's funny eh? whenever you take action the main barrier is like prepping yourself for the inevitable disappointment <laughs> so cynical <laughs> So what, Elizabeth Gilbert and then feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like, she'll she'll get you pumped. <laughs> what 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 kind of like <laughs> plundophonics? I mean, sorry, like field recordings. Do you do you want to do? Is this sort of like you want to grab bits of nature yeah. and put them all together? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think I would just go with a microphone and kind of sit in the bush and sort of record for maybe an hour or so and then just play it back and listen to the interesting sounds and then pick out the ones that I find interesting. Ah, cool. Maybe as like a first step because I'm not quite sure yeah. what to... And after that, I think I'll have an idea of what works and what has like interesting rhythms and things, and then I can sort of go about it in a more planned way. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like Do that you know... you've got like a you 
you've got like a step of it, you've got like a taste or like a little lead, like you've seen a tail run around the corner, you're like, there's something there. I don't know what it is yet, but there's something yeah. there. What were you, what you going to ask? That's a cool image. Um, do you know what you would record if you were to like record just interesting sounds that could be compiled into something? Um, mm. I always like going to the rock pools and listening to sounds there. There's often little weird ones at rock pools. Um, I think... I would probably. Hmm. I like that. Also, like the idea of recording sounds from nature, where the listener doesn't know what they are, like, and they sort of imagine their own yeah. vision. So they might not. So they might be like, "Oh, that's just they, that's a seagull," and then they'll be like, "What was that?" And they sort of in their mind, they might have their eyes shut, and yeah. they might be imagining like a monster, or like, you know, like you're creating yeah. a new reality. Um, like, was that a waterfall or a bulldozer? You know, like there's a lot of ambiguity with um, sound that you can play with. Hmm, I like that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, just to quickly, not to sort of self um, appreciate too much, but I think I really am proud of myself for doing those recordings with my idea of the cards, mm. because it didn't make sense. I know I've talked to, I talked about this on the actual thing, but like it doesn't quite make sense. Like it's not something that I completely understand why I'm doing it. And I think it's living in that creative space that Elizabeth Gilbert talks mm. about. I think it's really like on the frontier of what I am doing. Like I could have, I could just play it safe and do like just a normal recording or record some poems or just like live within these forms. But I really like the idea of striking out and making something that I've never seen done before. Or, you know, quite don't know quite why. Yeah. 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 And I think you can also do that with your recordings. Like I think there's, to I mean, to, sorry, with your with your recording idea, I think that's very that's in that space too. Like you've got this thing. You're like, I'm not too sure, a hundred percent. But I mm. think when you're not too sure, a hundred percent, that's what you should be doing. That's what you should where you should be pushing. You know. Ah, it's interesting. So go for mm. like the the thing that's like has the fuzziest outline and then yes i guess then you're less disappointed because you don't have an exact exactly image yeah. <laughs> oh. <coughs> <laughs> yeah and it's almost not up to you like i like the idea of going to the the limits of our imagination the very limits of what he can conceive and then staking a claim there mm. like putting the outpost there being like this is the this is the this is base camp like this is where it begins mm. And then from that beginning point, exploring deeper and further into what we could conceive or imagine. But you can't, con you have to get to your limits first. You have to like create something at your limits of your imagination before you f discover new lands, you know. Ah, wow, that's a cool metaphor. Oh, you still yeah. there? Maybe. And so for me, that recording of myself with the grr, cards. Grr, oh. grr, grr, grr. Hey. Hello. Hey. It might be the internet at my parents' place. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, so for me, the recording of myself with the cards is like 
for me what I did what the real reason I did it was it's at the limits of what I can conceive like it's the most weirdest most creative thing I can conceive myself doing and so I did that so that from there I can now look further and see where else I can go you know ah neat okay mm. like I'm just trying to get as far out as I can I just want to see where it ends up <laughs> Ah, so in my mind you're like standing in this desert and you're kind of you're wearing these big kind of wally style glasses like goggles and like trying to see through the sandstorm and like where else you can go i'm just like i'm picturing you with a little dog or something but i know that you don't really like dogs so should i picture it as like a little robot or are you just all alone um either a, tur a tortoise a turtle or a cat Okay. Ah, <laughs> alright. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you helped me complete my image of where you are in your like mental place, in the metaphorical place that would represent your mental place. <laughs> Do you That's know, what I'm here for. <laughs> one of the phrases I like is like, when we talk about how our minds wander, because mm. then, like, if you think about that, then you have to kind of visually think of the place where your mind wanders. And I find that a fascinating thought. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it is really fascinating. Um. I think my mind wanders, and it's like, it's the size of a little bug. And then when I look up, I can see the bottoms of like all of these leaves that are above me and the sun is shining oh, wow. through them and I'm kind of just analyzing all of the little veins and the patterns but then I can kind of see glimpses of all of the trees up above that and that there's mm. like even more that I'm not quite getting at yet but like the little canopy that's above me is enough for now but I know that there's a lot more that I can't see I think that's where my mind wanders I think that's a really beautiful metaphor I think that's really wonderful katie i think you need to like draw that or describe that in more detail sometime because i love that i love it a lot i'm just imagining when you said all that i was imagining like it's it's so close to what a lot of people who ingest a lot of psychedelics because i listen to a couple <laughs> podcasts that are like <laughs> i listen to a couple podcasts should that i are... be flattered <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> No, wait, just hear me out. I listened to a, lot of, a few podcasts <laughs> with, like, Terrence McKenna and Ellen Watts recordings and, like, people who go to Burning Man and, like, ingest psychedelics and are like, what's reality, man? And, like, a, a common point that they all come to is that it just keeps going on. Like, it's like a fractal. Like, it just keeps going on forever. Like, you discover all this stuff. Like, you've got your surroundings and all your sensory input. But then you look further and there's more. And it's like you're just on a leaf. Like, all, all the information you're getting, your entire, like, existence awareness is like on a leaf and you discover there's like trees and it like and then where are the trees you know like it just goes on forever and ever like it's like turtles all the way down like it's like we ow ow and I think this is quite this isn't oh this is quite like in line with a lot of academic discourse on you know what is knowledge which is to say like it just it just no matter how much you learn or know or like get to there's always going to be more like you know, like, we're just one planet out of two trillion galaxies. Like, it's just inconceivable. It's like this infinite forest, and you're just a bug. And 
you yeah. start to realize not how not it's not just the dichotomy set in the middle of our how insignificant we are, but it's like how like how like our understanding and our worldview and our knowledge of the world and like of what we discover or where our mind wanders is so like it just doesn't end like this thing just goes on and on and on you know <laughs> yeah i didn't mean to i didn't mean to compare you to someone who takes a lot of drugs sorry oh, no, it's okay it's okay <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> so like where do you think your mind wanders or do you want to get back to me on that no, no. Is I mean, it like I think... what I was picturing was like you were in the desert with a cat wearing goggles. Yeah, I think that's a little bleak, but sort of. I think it's like mm. I'm just I, I I definitely I like your one. Your one's like see my metaphor for my mind your, that you had for me is like me in a desert and like some post-apocalyptic like hellscape. But for the one for you is like this lush, beautiful rainforest where everything's like oh, like lively. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't be but sorry. I. No, no, no. I picture you as having left the lush, beautiful thing to test yourself out in the desert, oh. but you know that you can go back to the lushness whenever you want. Okay. That's what I picture you doing. But it might not be accurate at all. Maybe. I mean, there's just so many different ways you can look at it, you know? <laughs> I just... Ah. Like, am I am I in the desert? Am I, am I like, I thought Bernie Man was here, guys. Where is everybody? <laughs> <laughs> or like oh, I'm ironically I'm going to a, I'm ironically going to another desert on another continent so that all those people at Burning Man like they think they're really enjoying themselves but I'm subverting the narrative you know like <laughs> I guess you know where I why I thought of desert is like ages and ages ago me and Thinky Tim I don't even think I ever told you about this but we were like in our, just like as a thought experiment designing this city that would be kind of like a metaphor for how we think and then like it had like all of these different components but part of it was that like outside of the city there was this desert and that was where you would go if you wanted to really test the limits and discover new uh. things was that you'd like put yourself in this really sparse landscape and then you would kind of come back to the city with these new insights and things I like I it. I think that's why I thought of thought of deserts. I like it. I think it also ties into the metaphor I was going to use for how I think. And there's a mind palace visualization technique I do when I'm organizing my thoughts at night. And I have different boxes, like these different chests that have like all my worries Aww. in, like all my like financial worries or you know all my crap. I like put all into that box and then I shut it and I lock it, and it makes me feel a lot better. Aww. And I've got like oh, another nice. one that I open up that's and beautiful. it's like. The, the chest full of like these thought experiments I run throughout the night when I'm trying to go to sleep or you know different things I think about so I've got that chest and then I've got a bunch of different chests and I've got like a table and I've got like a room and they all do different things but I'm like it's all like I imagine it's all like in this medieval tower like it's all like in this medieval tower right oh, and whenever there's something that I okay. don't want anymore I throw it out the window of the tower like it, it and then it just goes and it leaves my mind <laughs> um, but what if I wander out of this tower and leave and like what's what kind of world have I created like I've built like a bit of the mind palace but in this mind palace narrative what happens if I leave the window you know what happens if I leave the town and find your desert you and thinking Tim's desert and wander around there like where does that go <laughs> Yeah. Wow. I love the shit out of that idea. That's so cool. 
Because, like, oh, my God, I'm just picturing you would chuck things out of the window and then they would kind of become alive in the way that, like, Beauty and the Beast objects become alive and then they kind of, like, run around in the forest and they would become the inhabitants of the forest that kind of surrounds your mind. And then sometimes when you feel like you could kind of, like walk into the forest and you'd like come across these like things that have evolved from the ideas that you cast away but that are like still around there somewhere yes yes and they're like sort of like they're, they're now these living organisms or like little monsters or whatever and i was like you used to yeah. be that and i can like sort of see it oh yes i love it oh. <laughs> they've built like a little colony and like they all live in like around in the forest and the bush and Ah, yes. Yeah. And I think that is so true for, like, ideas that we kind of... They're always in there. Sometimes I think that I've forgotten something and then I kind of find it, like, a year later attached to some other kind of concept. And I'm like, ah, you! Like, I know you! Like, I kind of think of my mind as a forest with all of these weird creatures running around, like, evolving in their own ways. And Mm. I sort of stumble across them sometimes. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I think that's quite a quite a powerful way to view our thoughts isn't it or our ideas that sit with us in our lives yeah it's good ah the other thing in your like medieval tower when you're feeling nostalgic i was kind of imagining you having like these kind of reels of old movies and then kind of just playing them to yourself is that like (laughs) Is that a component of it? No, but it could be, definitely. Like, I can definitely throw that in. <laughs> I can, chuck that. Maybe I can it's install, a, install a um, projector. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone's mind palace should have, like, a projector. <laughs> um, I, to be honest, this whole mind palace thing started when I was a kid, and there was one room, and the room was the hypnotizing really? room. Yeah. So I had this oh, hypnoti- okay. So I had this hypnotizing room, and it it actually was really powerful. Like it was, it actually did a lot of good. And what it would be, it would be like this giant medical scientist machine, you know, like a giant contraption. And it was like this giant um, spiral, like a black and white spiral cone that would just spin around, you know, like a hypnotizing device. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I'd do, I'd be like strapped or sitting into it in a chair, and I would watch the spiral, and it would hypnotize me. But the whole point is that it would it would prevent me worrying or like thinking or like having to deal with reality. It would be like a distraction. It would be like the ultimate tapping out. Like like it would basically like if I was in a difficult awkward situation, like I was in detention or whatever, and I just had to sit there for half an hour, I would like go into my hypnotizing room and just like stare into this hypnotizing device, and it would just block out everything else or like. If I was going through an awkward situation or if I, like, didn't want to think about something, the hypnotizing room would be the perfect, like, uh, place to hide. And um, it was really powerful, and I used it as a technique throughout my childhood, and I sort of stopped using it as a teenager. But when I was, like, putting this, like, a few years ago when I was putting this, like, mind palace thing together, like, I installed the hypnotizing room. Like, I got it back up and running, so Mm. occasionally I still use it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs>
that's so great. Thank you so much for telling me that. I love it. I love stuff like that, but you probably know that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, was it... That's why you told me, eh? Ah, oh, I feel like I've been used this whole time. Um, was it was it your idea to do that when you were a kid? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it came exactly from myself. Like, it was an inbuilt. I never taught... This is the first time I've ever told anyone, I think. Yeah, it's like a... Aww. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like it. I like how I did that as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. It's the kind of thing where, like, I can imagine in a movie a really cool psychologist would tell a kid to do that and it would really help but like your brain told you that to, told yeah, you yeah. to do that itself which is pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah it is um i just i find it i think visual especially i don't know i think people who are visual or have a strong imagination there's a lot you can do with mind palaces or like visual metaphors in your mind mm. to organize in your data and your thoughts i think if you imagine just imagine you like spend all night or like you can't go to sleep because you're worrying about stuff like you're worrying about this or you're worrying about that if you visualize that as someone in a messy room like trying to find a wallet or something like just picking out just like moving stuff around like examining old papers examining old exams they failed just being like oh like in a messy room um that's a really good like quite a good accurate metaphor for worrying and having anxiety at night when you're trying to go to sleep and so if you imagine mm. then that person grabs everything and puts it into a big box and then like lights the box on fire or like puts it in their closet um that can be really really powerful and do a lot of good yeah yeah that does sound like it could be really useful yeah that's great that's good advice i think because in some ways like feel things in your mind can feel really really magnified but if, i think if you find like actual physical things that like to represent them then it seems more manageable and then yeah. you can kind of control things in a better way yeah that's super cool you know what i would love is if you like at some point when you're bored you could make a map of your mind palace like i think that that would be so fascinating to look at mm. with all of the different rooms and the different things and it would probably be like really helpful like yeah. not necessarily for you but like as an idea of how you can control all of these like thoughts that creep up on you yeah i'm just yeah thanks i may i may do that i may lay it out a bit um i, I just one one thought on it is that we uh, sort of this is going to be a little hard to explain i'm going to do my best to explain it imagine the, okay. okay i'm tying it back to the matrix imagine if the matrix was real but it wasn't as the movie imagine if the matrix like the twist is like it is that there is another reality that we live in um that we don't see and the reality is is this mind palace idea idea that i do or like this idea of visualizing your thoughts that's real so when i go there or when i think yeah. of it i'm like there's a being in another realm or like me in a different universe is actually going to this place and rummaging around do you follow mm. like imagine yeah. if that was real okay now imagine if that was real and everyone had like a mind palace or like a, a, a like a place they were in that like and all the stuff around them was their thoughts like the the inert objects and the alive little mm. monsters in the forest like imagine if that was all real and we all lived on this big planet together in our little kingdoms okay um yeah okay so all right now say that's real okay 
and say people aren't woke to that like people haven't taken the right pill people aren't aware of this but i even though i feel like it's not real am actually organizing my place pretty well i've built a pretty cool castle in this other reality um, because i'm interfacing with it in my mind so i don't have to believe it's real for it to actually be real and for some being on some other planet to have this like castle tower okay if that's the case and it isn't oh, but to say if that's yeah. the case everyone who goes to sleep anxious worrying about stuff not having a good time like not organizing their thoughts like this is basically living in like rubbish dumps like really messy rooms or like you know just having like a really terrible like decor like everything's a mess um, but mine is quite pristine um, and if they mm. if they use this metaphor and if they use this sort of visualization technique they and this being on the other planet would have a better place to live um, just I think one yeah. one I think that would be a really good religion because people would be able to like think a lot better and be able to like I think two we're really good as human beings we're really good at being physical in the world like we've got like a location we've got stuff around us we're, we're like built for this but mentally if we if we transpose those skills to our mind i think we can really do a well with our thoughts and like organize them in this way and i think when i visualize my thoughts going into a box and closing the box i really do think that actually my mind does respond to that and it does help and it that is actually changing my my brain you know it is actually making my brain think of things in a certain way like it's actually like quelling some thoughts or it's actually like mm. tidying up my mind you know what i mean my um like consciousness mm, yeah and so i think this is something that um if it's got if everyone around you imagine a society where everyone did this all the time and imagine their thoughts as physical stuff yeah. i think that everyone would have such such powerful minds you know like i just think it was a widespread culture and like not only did people believe it but they really believed it was real like they really believed like the matrix were real and like this mind visualization was like there was a being on another planet that they were controlling with their thoughts and their thoughts were this being's physical life i just think how powerful would that be like how how much better would we be able to use our thoughts than what we do right now right now we just kind of like let them be they're just all over the show you know mm. yeah. anyway i just wanted to get that yeah. out yeah <laughs> oh wow no 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 all of that was good yeah I feel like it's related to what we were saying before with daydreaming as well, that like daydreaming is probably also a way of organizing your thoughts. So you often end up just like uh, contemplating different things and sorting them out. And I think it's a similarly helpful process. Ah, shit. <laughs> um, you're saying it's sort of related and... to what we are talking about earlier? Yeah, yeah, related to daydreaming. And, um, oh, what was I about to say? It's, it's really interesting, your metaphor, because it's like, in your metaphor, like the reality, like we all plug into the matrix of the world, and then the actual reality is that we're all like independently sitting in these rooms and surrounded by our thoughts that are either like well organized or badly organized. And like, that's the true reality. And I think that metaphor is cool because it, I guess it shows that the importance i believe of like organizing your thoughts mm. and that like like our thoughts are the lens through which we interact with the world and if it's like a messy room then we're not going to interact with the world in the best possible way because mm. everything's going to be mm. you know maybe there's like dust in the windows mm. and we're not really going to see clearly in things mm. and 
yeah, I think that metaphor shows the importance of doing that. And then you're right that like if everyone, I guess, you know, took the time to to value things like that, then yeah, it would be a really amazing society. Yeah, I just I think and like I'm using it as uh, the whole like messy versus tidy is such a narrow simplistic way to like it, it's, yeah. it's useful but there's so many other ways you can use this metaphor like you could have like a painting day so like in your mind's palette your mind palace or whatever is in your little tower you like paint on the walls you like rip things up and you're having a real creative day like imagine doing that with your thoughts imagine mm. like painting on the walls of your thoughts and like ripping up your thoughts and mashing them together huh. like that again that's another like powerful and that isn't about tidy or verse organized you could do other things you could take your stuff out and give them to someone else like there's so many things there's so many places you can take this you know like what if what if you had two places what if you had like a mansion like what if you had a submarine like what if you like you know there's like so many places <laughs> there's so many things you can do with this yeah wow yeah okay so like kind of having a, a space for your mind like a theoretical space and then treating it the same way that you would treat a room and then like taking the time to to do whatever to that room yeah that you value yeah that particular day cool <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It would be like so that. cool. Like I like that a lot. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like what does it like in the in, in the real power is like how does that translate to real life? Like if you were to have a painting day and like paint the walls of your room, like in your mind, like what how would that translate to your reality? Like what would that mean? Like if I was to paint my thoughts, does that mean I would cover them and like start again? Or you know, like there's just ah oh my goodness i love it Uh this is the birth of a new religion based on imagination (laughs) yes i love it oh my god (laughs) yeah i guess i I, i'd see it like maybe not i mean i guess paint the walls maybe what i would do is like choose a particular light that i wanted to shine in my mind for that whole day and it's kind of like this idea of detox that I would just only have this light shining uh, in the hopes that it would somehow infiltrate all of the things that had stuck to the walls of my mind. And maybe you could do that by just like listening to a particular type of music all day and just seeing what happened if you exposed yourself to that light mm, continuously. Mm. Yes, yeah. that's perfect. Yes, exactly. You get it. That's exactly it. It's like it's using like a, a metaphor for your mind and then like translating that into real life action and yeah. that feeds back to your mind and like that's I think that's a, I think metaphor is the most powerful way we can think yeah oh wow yeah 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 huh. do you remember like ages ago probably like I don't know sometime when I just set up my bedroom in my old flat in windmill and like i i was rambling some weird thought about how i wanted to have a metaphor for like rooms and minds and there was something there because i just set up my bedroom the way that i liked it and i knew that there was like some really important thing and i feel like finally i have some kind of like concept to attach those things to i've kind of been looking for that yeah yeah i do remember that cool yeah I didn't even understand it at the time. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, these concepts are significant, and I don't quite understand yet. And I think, yeah, thank you, hmm. you've given me a a, a thing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the thing. <laughs> thank you for thing. 
You are welcome. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the thing. <laughs> I don't even know what that was, but it was a thing. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, metaphors to think. I am. I've. One of my favorite websites at the moment is Brain Pickings. I think dot org, and. It's just one lady who does this like blog but about like all of these things that I think are interesting and like a wide range of things. And one of the things she said was how um how connected you can feel to someone if you like read poetry together and it speaks to both of you and how like I think it it, it was connected to how important metaphors are and if like you can understand the same metaphors or both relate to the same metaphors that it's like a really deep connection that you can feel with someone like Mm -hmm. in her eyes and I I understood that and yeah I think it's true Hmm. yeah I think um, it's one of the reasons why I'm so happy that I finally have people in my life who appreciate poetry as well because I, I never quite understood why I valued poetry, but I think it is kind of what you said before, that like metaphors are a really helpful way to think, and poetry is made of metaphors, yeah, and a lot of it yeah. is, and like it really helps me to think in, in like really beautiful and useful ways. I think I'm yeah. finding through my consumption of poetry, this sounds like the most, this is the most pretentious thing I could say in a sense, but like I, it's, help, it's changing how I think, and it's making me think, like I find I'm using my mind sees things like through metaphors a lot more and I like interface with the world on like a I wouldn't say a deeper level but it's definitely a different level or a different by like a different angle through like my consumption of poetry and one thought I had with that is that this might not be so but like you know how you can really only think in words that you know or no that's not true but like yeah. it's useful to know a bunch of words so you can think a certain way and there's sort of this complexity to thinking that arises from reading more or knowing you know like understanding concepts more like you can put labels mm-hmm. to things and they're building blocks poetry is exactly the same with metaphors like by the consumption the, the high like high consumption of poetry what it does is it like you start to like interface with the world or like feel the world on like a different level you know it's kind of hard to explain like you start to get like lost in it a bit yeah. yeah, yeah, or maybe just like non-standard patterns for thinking. Yeah, sort of like waking up a little bit, or like feeling things more intensely, or like there's like a, I don't know. It's really hard to explain without sounding like all I'm trying to yeah. say is I am better for reading poetry, but like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So it... oh, no, I think. I think you've already talked about how it helps you, so you probably already explained it. Yeah. But in a different way. Yeah. Um, have you been reading anything lately? I was reading the Satanic Verses. Oh yeah. How's um, that going? Um, I finished it now. I I did really like it. It was one of those. It was just very very insane, and I guess like non-standard you never there were moments when I wasn't quite sure what was happening but when there were also just moments thrown in that were incredibly like just little things that he would say that were so insightful 
and nothing to do with the plot, but just like little observations about what it's like to be human mm. and things. Um, what's an example? Oh, there was one thing. It was like you can never judge the size of an internal injury by the size of the wound. Oh, I like kind this. Like, yeah, if the way that life kind of hurts us sometimes is a bit like a bullet or something. But we never know what someone's internal makeup is like. So you can see this little bullet hole, but you can never know how deep it went or what it hurt on its way through. And it's like how we can never tell how something is affecting someone and we can never really judge someone for overreacting because we don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's a nice sentiment. I think any sentiment that puts you into like allows you to view others with more kindness is a very good sentiment or you know mm. grace or forgiveness like yeah. yeah that's really beautiful so the satanic I'm... verses so you finish the book yes okay, cool yeah cool um huh. what about you um i've been reading reflections by herman hesse hiss um, he's oh, one of those Hesse. Hesse, Hesse, yeah, who did the glass bead game yeah. and um, a few other books. The step and set, set, about the Buddha oh. guy, yeah. Set. You went away, didn't you? Set around. Oh, so bad, so bad. Yes, tell me about Reflections. Um, Reflections is basically, is it called an anthology when it just has little quotes from his books and like little bits and pieces? Um, so it's not a coherent Ooh. story or even a non-fiction, it's basically a bunch of little quick one-liners that you'd find on brain pickings or Goodreads on the top quotes, you know, it's it's just like mm. a bunch of really zippy lines yeah. on different categorized into chapters like education in schools religion in the church society and the individual politics mm. but one of my favorite um, chapters is reality and imagination and i just want to read out a couple uh, or maybe just one uh, yes. I think, where is it i've lost it please do um they're just so good they are they are he's okay this is one of my favorites mm. our true positions are those that we do not see and hardly know of yeah, and I think that's really mm -hmm. real. I think there's a lot we own that we don't realize we own. Mm. Um, I don't know anything about ghosts. I live in my dreams. Other people likewise live in dreams, but not in their own. That's the difference. No one dreams of what does not concern him. Magic is this, to exchange inside and outside, not under compulsion, not passively, but freely of your own violation summon up the past summon up the future they're both within you up until now you have been the slave of what is inside you learn to master it that is magic um the truth has a million faces mm. but there is only one truth uh it, it's just like so many cool zippy lines um about everything and some i disagree with but this guy was really clever like this guy is really smart and he's so onto it and he's got some like incredible ideas on what it is to be human oh it's so good cool. yeah just a couple yeah that sounds great oh my goodness yes i'm really enjoying like <laughs> discovering these 
authors and then just getting deep inside their brains. I'm re you know what I'm reading mostly this year, like what I've read most of, is like um, letters, letters between authors, and like oh, yeah, ah, awesome, like biographies and just like we're getting down to the nitty gritty of because you want a letter between a letters between authors or like a letter letters of an author or whatever. You know what it is? It's exactly like the music you were tr we were trying to talk about which is like that authentic real music rather mm. than like you mm. know like what they're playing in themselves after the concert like yeah. that's what it is like um c.s yeah. lewis might go off and write narnia but then later he might write some letters to Tolkien and be like this is what i really feel right now or whatever and like that's the good stuff you know mm. yeah oh wow so what like what letters books would you recommend um i would recommend um uh huxley's good but what i'd recommend is anyone you find interesting in so any author of yours mm. anyone who's listening or you katie any author of yours from like the 1970s and earlier or maybe the 80s even and earlier mm. they probably have written letters and they've probably written long letters um and you'll find on in your local library or on book depository a compilation of these letters and correspondence and just get deep inside that world because i could recommend some authors but they're they are sort of like my guides and i feel like everyone has their own guides so mm -hmm. like find like your guides and like check out if they have any letters because oh my goodness it's so beautiful <laughs> like you 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 learn so okay. much about like these people you know um herman hesse or his however you say it that's what i've been really enjoying lately Hesse. i don't know it's h-e-s-s-e -S -S -E, so it's -E. um yeah no it's Hesse. Hesse. yeah um no you say it however you want though. Orwell. i've been really enjoying like letters of george orwell um he was a clever man basically okay. i just find like clever people from a hundred years ago and get really into their letters yeah do you think one day we'll read like people's like Facebook messenger messages in the same Maybe, way? Maybe like a compilation. I wonder what like what's gonna happen now that we don't really write letters. I guess there are people who have lots of like email correspondences. Yeah, I know it's not quite the same, is it? I think people put a lot of effort and time into these mm. letters, and now because we can just eke out our mm. need for correspondence and little short bursts, we don't put so much, you know pomp and prestige yes. and specialness on each piece of message i don't know yeah yeah you know that facebook feature where it like says hey four years ago you said this mm, i don't really know it but yeah uh, I, can I think it might even be opt-in so you might not have it turned on but it's really embarrassing. Like, mm. it doesn't show it to anyone else, but it's just basically like, <laughs> eight years ago, you made this status message. And then it's me, like, misspelling the word psych and being like, hey guys, I'm really into Britney Spears. Psych? Yeah, yeah. Later's on the day. And, like, it just, it's, it's just really, it's terrible. Like, no one responds. And, like, no one, like, I don't know. No one needs to see that, you know? I think. Uh, wouldn't it be great? Like, I'm just imagining in the future, like, I, I, I'm convinced, I think I've told you this before, but I'm convinced that, like, instead of selfies, at some point in the future, we'll just have our own robots that follow us around recording our whole lives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And wouldn't it be great if in the future you could just, like, wake up and, like, it will play, 
like a little little like 10 second clip of you from 10 years ago just wow. saying something random and you can be like wow look how far I've come <laughs> or like be embarrassed or look whatever. how far I've come I love that yeah look how far I've come. <laughs> like there was me because like in some ways it's good I think we lose track of like how stupid we were in the past yeah, we're really I don't know, like we, we can be so self-critical but I think if you're kind of slightly more often exposed to really what you were like and yeah. what you used to say feel like oh yeah okay or cringe or whatever I don't know yeah I guess <laughs> I without these um digital footprints and traces we we wouldn't know like if it was 200 years ago or whatever we wouldn't know what we said 20 years ago it's fine we'd probably imagine it and implant false memories in myself and be like i was really clever you know like i said i was really you know like mm. I, I was just yeah. as i am now no you weren't you were a doofus and you are a doofus and later on in the future you'll be like i was a doofus so like i don't know <laughs> i also think it's good and it goes back to your bug um, metaphor for thinking like the idea that you're jumping from leaf to leaf mm. there is no such thing as getting to the top leaf or getting to the right place like whatever you're wherever we're at now like where you and i are at Ooh. how we see the world now katie like we may grow in five years time and look back and be like oh god but i don't think that ever ends like i don't I, even if humans lived a thousand years we would always yeah. look back like it doesn't end and so in that way i don't yeah. think like we look back with like oh my god i can't believe i said that because we feel like we're there now like we've arrived like we're not that like we're like we're mm. there but we're not there we'll never be there there's no there and so because there's no there there's no there you know there's no here so there's no <laughs> back there you know what i'm trying to say like it just there's no oh, i don't know <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god that's so tim <laughs> There's, there's no here and there's no there's no there and there's no there and just because we're here doesn't mean <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that made no sense, but I, well, I know it's you're, you're complicit in this, I really Katie. Do. I swear to God, you take me to these places. I just get like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I did. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, you know what? Like, you added to my, my, my metaphor in my mind because I hadn't quite. I hadn't quite got as far as like hopping from leaf to leaf, but you're right. Like, you kind of. We kind of probably do every time that we in, like reinvent ourselves. We're like, no, like now I am on the leaf. This is the one. Yeah. All the other leaves before were like leading up to this leaf, and then we like figure out that the leaf that we're on isn't so great, and then we hop to the next one. Like, oh my god, that really is a metaphor for my mind. What I find interesting is, is being at university at a slightly older age than most of my friends, and most of my friends have gone through university. Is that they often look at the leaf I'm on in terms of that part of my life, and they're like, oh man, like. I'm over that leaf, like, I'm over here on this leaf, like, I, I would never go back yeah. to that leaf, but for me, this is the leaf, and so I see oh. that this weird, like, judgment that, like, doesn't, that I see is quite, it's quite transparently, like, only because they've done it, like, if they hadn't gone to university, like, my friends who haven't gone to university are still like, oh, cool, like, they don't have that, like, oh, I might do that one, they mm. might have this, like, I might do that one day, but those who have, those who have gone through university are like, you know what, I've done that, I've gone through that room, I've jumped on that leaf, I've, I've pretty much sucked it for all it's worth. I've soaked it, you know, like I've done it and now I'm on to the next thing in my life, which is beautiful and great. And like, there's no like saying they're wrong either, but I'm, it's just interesting how it's interesting being on a leaf where most of my friends are like 
done with, you know, yeah. so, it's, so it's like, it's like weird conversations. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no. Ah, that's a shame. I, I look back on university as like this really beautiful collection of leaves that I would have, I, I would stay on. It's just, you, you can't really. Yeah. But, like I, I'm really kind of jealous of you. It's like, the moment you leave university, I think that the leaves change a lot. Like, they end up being a lot bigger or, like, way higher up or it's more difficult to get to the mm. next one. But I feel like uni is just, like, this really intricate leaf or maybe, like, this series of, like, lots of little leaves that you can just, like, jump in between and just, like, spend ages mucking around <laughs> in there and, like, discover all kinds of things. Yeah, no, it's really interesting because I feel like I've been on leaves... I guess we're now like almost misusing the term leaves now because I'm, I'm now saying like stages of life or like scenes of life or, like bits of life um so maybe chapters is a good word instead but I've like been on different leaves that my friends mm. haven't been on and they've been on leaves I haven't been on and we're all like a patchwork of being in different places in mm. life and so this weird like it's just yeah. weird being on one that most of them have been on even though there's others I've been on that they haven't been on and will be on one day maybe you know like it's just sort of this weird like they look mm -hmm. at me and they're like, I've been there. Like, I know what you're about. Like, I I, I understand. You know, like, it's like, they've got me pinned a bit, but not really, because I see I see leaves in their future yeah. that I've been on and they haven't. And I'm like, you wait, buddy. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I see. I'm just picturing you, like, being on the very edge of the leaf and, it, like, your friends are like, I've been there. And they're like, no, you haven't. Yeah, yeah. You haven't been here. And you're like, like clinging on to like the bottom of the leaf trying to like, explore like all of the <laughs> stuff you can that. explore <laughs> yeah like i've got friends who are only working for the first working full-time for the first time like this year like this is the first time they've ever had a full-time job and they're like in their mid-20s like 26 or whatever um, they've been through university they've been through their masters they've been through postgraduate and i when i left high school i was working full-time from the day i left high school you know like that's the first leaf i jumped on and so there's this weird like they're like oh man full-time work i just get so tired after work i can't believe it like i've never been this tired before like i've got all these ideas and i get home and i'm just like oh i'm just done with it all i'm like yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about that's what i was complaining about like 10 years ago you know <laughs> like now you get it like um um yeah there's sort of this weird i don't know blah 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 <laughs> I think what it is, is that people are always quite enamored by the leaf they're on, or whatever, they're like, oh man, this, 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 like, I'm doing full-time mm, work, and it's totally. like, wow, I get this break, and then I have to, like, go back at my boss, and there's all this politics, and I'm not enamored by that leaf, because I've done that leaf for so many years, and it's, like, not a novelty to, like, it's not something to talk about, like, I wouldn't tell my friend, like, oh my goodness, I just get so tired after work so much, you know, like, it's not mm -hmm. a thing to mention, but for people, for my friends working for full-time for the first time, they're just like, wow like oh, i had no idea blah 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 blah. and for them it's like a big deal and for me certain parts of yeah. university are a big deal like i've done it before but right now i'm like man this this and they're like yeah like that's that's like old news you know and there's this weird like mm. mismatch of things that we're actually interested in you know Anyway, I'm basically just rambling about, like, yeah. nothing, so, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's really not.
this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I love conversations like this. I am probably like I can feel my mind being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I think we've talked for like. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a period about um, halfway through when my recording was being a bit dumb, and I think it didn't record a little bit. Like I don't think it was much. It might have been like five ten minutes. But I think it's best if you give me the mm. recording. Because then I will be able to handle okay. that better than you will because I kind of know where the place is. And, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I and plus yeah, I don't yeah, mind sure. editing. So yeah. if you want, um, when we stop okay. recording, you can flip it over to me and I'll edit it down. Because we've been recording for like two yeah. hours plus. So we could probably edit it and get it down yeah. to about two hours and then, or a bit less, and then release it as like two episodes. Um, or, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. That whole like thing about metaphors and stuff that could be a like a separate thing, except that we then talked about the matrix and yeah, then we did. did. That. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. I think yeah, I'm trying to be a lot less critical of myself with this this time because trying to be what? I think it's pretty much just my dad and Sophia. I can't quite. Less critical. I can't quite hear you because yeah. you're moving around. Oh. I moved the phone, yeah. I'm trying to put myself under less pressure oh, good. with this podcast good. now. That, like, it's just from my dad and Sophia. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. <laughs> to be honest, Katie, it really doesn't. <laughs> like, it's sort of just us going on about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. Good on you. Um, I think I still suffer from talking too much. Like, I'd really appreciate it if, like, you talked for ages and interrupted me and just kept talking because I feel like I have a... Oh, that I have, like. But I feel like I talk... I, I feel like I talk for, like, too long. No, but you don't. Like, like you really, really don't. Like, if you look at the Audacity, um, oh. like, I've got Audacity up and it, and, like, here's really? the thing. It, like, does this big bars okay. whenever I'm talking and then when I shut up, it, like, stops doing that noise, yeah. you know, because it's only recording my side and there's way more bars than, like not bars, so I'm obviously, I am definitely dominating the conversation, and I don't really want to do that, but I just can't help it, because there's just so much I want to talk about, so, like, I almost need to, like, really oh, discipline myself, saying? or you need but, to be, like, like more, like, fighty this... about it. Uh, but, I mean, I don't think that that is dominating the conversation. Mm. I mean, I think maybe you start talking about something, and then you're really enthusiastic, and then you talk for a bit longer, but, like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with okay. that. Like, I think you would be dominating the conversation and, like, I, I know people where this happens and it annoys the hell out of me and, like, I'd notice if it was happening with you, but, like, where you say something and it reminds the person of, like, this whole spiel that they're going to go off yeah. and talk about for, like, ten minutes and then, like, I say, like, a little thing and then it's, like, another spiel. But, like, I don't notice that happening. I think we're okay. both, like, playing ideas yeah, 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 yeah. in an even way. It just maybe, yeah. But, like, I, I, I don't like the feeling when, like, I... Sometimes I feel like I've just been talking for ages, yeah. and then I don't even know if yeah. like you're still listening or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably yeah. just the weird feeling I, that you get when you can't see anyone. I you're know. Not doing I'm in the same. I get all my imagine me on my own spiels. I'm the same. I'm like, where am I? Like, have I lost her? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm always oh I appreciate that. But yeah, it's, 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 it's scary. It's just like it's like walking the plank, yeah. and like, is, like you finally end up like with only ocean in front of you, and like, like whoa, how did I get this far yeah. out? Yeah, <laughs> I was like trying to say how there's no there or something. Like I don't know, God, like there's just 
Do you kind of get yourself in these no, places? No, that wasn't right. I was just... I... <laughs> I was really... I was laughing in a highly appreciative manner, not okay. in like a I know. laughing I know. manner. I thought it was great that you were saying that. And it was making perfect sense. <laughs> I just... Just how much... I mean, this is good, and I'm glad we do this, but like, how much of a relief would it be for both of us if we lived near each other and we could just sit in a room and just like... Imagine how, yeah. like, we would appreciate that so much more, you know? Like, I appreciate, uh, like, I would appreciate that so much if we, like, just, yeah. like, had a podcast where we actually, like, talk to each other in the same room. I would, oh, that would be, like, so incredible. It's so easy, yeah. <laughs> and we'd, like, I think it would be way more enjoyable because we wouldn't have all this anxiety. Like... <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's all just false yeah. anxiety, which is the insane thing, but, but yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's a weird... No, you know what? I actually oh, appreciate wow. the weird... Like, this weirdness of this conversation, because not having you with me and not having me with you, I think it generates a slightly different type of conversation, and it's like a weird experiment that we're interfacing yeah. with, you know what I mean? Like, it makes the conversation a certain thing. Yeah. I don't know what that thing is, but it's a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's, like, when you don't see someone, you just kind of go into your own mind. And that's, yeah. like, that's the terrifying thing. But it also means that you go into, like, different places in your mind than you would if you're constantly being reminded that someone... That's what's so you. scary about this is that, like, if we put this out as an episode or whatever, like, I'm... I just went to, like... We both went to, like, these really, like, weird, internal, quite personal places. And to give that out to like the world or like just you know even just people who listen like people we know like your dad or like that's quite a weird thing you know like I wouldn't say these things if these people are in the room I would only say them to you you know or mm. like people I really trust mm. yeah. Mm. yeah I mean that's the whole debate about privacy mm. that we could get into I have enough energy but like I think I don't necessarily value privacy and I've kind of I've got in trouble in the past for not valuing other people's privacy because I don't really value my own either I tend to think like if there's something that I'm feeling insecure about I'll try and talk about it if I possibly can because logically someone else is probably mm. feeling insecure about it as mm. well and then I think you know more sharing can only lead to more feeling comfortable and privacy ends up making us feel more ashamed because we're not having anyone tell and tell us that something is okay mm. and i think everything is mm. okay and mm. if you never share it you don't find that out oh preach it yes 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 i love what you're saying mm. yes <laughs> yeah i think we stigmatize what we don't share and so um, mm, and then it sort yeah. of reinforces itself and suddenly we're not sharing the most important things to us or the most biggest insecurities that could easily be relieved because we we just don't it's like habits I'm not sharing you're completely right I also just just thinking I think that's one of the beauties of podcasts is that unlike a radio interview or a TV interview or like any other medium that's come before it when you're on a podcast you're usually like what we're doing like by yourself or with one or two other people in a room and there's no, like, the pomp and circumstance of, like, a radio studio. So you really do feel like you're having, like, you're you're in a place to have the most intimate personal conversation, right? And you wouldn't get that conversation mm, in yeah. mainstream discourse. And so what that conversation... So 
having that person like you can only we can only have this conversation <coughs> like with each other like we couldn't have this conversation if there was heaps of other people in the room or like we had an audience or whatever and so what it does is that it enables this like precious internal like beautifully personal conversation to be shared to people who otherwise would never hear it because if they were in the room we wouldn't talk about this stuff so mm. when we listen to you know what i mean like yeah. that's that's the beauty of mm. podcasts it's that is that um yeah. despair, it's that distance like closing in real quick yeah like when people hear us if they if people enjoy mm. what we're saying katie and they like listen to this podcast and they're like yeah it's because we're being vulnerable and open and personal like that's what people love not in a let's judge these people kind of way but in a like yes yes kind of way you know yeah yeah ah yes Hi, no, neither. Okay, so <laughs> I'll stop recording now, and that's about what? How much time do you have on yours? I have two hours and fifteen minutes. I don't know if you can see actually. Oh, You're like Tim. I'm sorry, but I forgot to click record. Yeah, I've got. Okay, cool. All right. So the 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 the, the um glitch must have only happened for like a minute. All right, I'm gonna stop now. Boo, 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 boo.